All right, so here is the goal, because everybody is freaking out because it's unknown. We don't know what we're doing right now. I can feel it jittery. It's Saturday. Let's relax. The sessions are open. If um, We are going to have a first session. We're going to do an overview of the church. After that, we're all going gonna to pray, and then we're going to eat. After that, you can come and go with your meal. You can get a second course. You can come back. I want you to relax. We want to take the stress out of it. I want it to be super simple. You ever heard the saying, too big for your britches? And we don't want to get too, um, you know, the church is growing. There's a lot of things that are happening in the fellowship. And I think it's important just to come back to the basics, which is that this thing all started with Jesus. It's going to continue with Jesus and it's going to finish with Jesus. It happened around dinner tables and couches and hanging out with friends and family. And so that's kind of the feel that we want to have during these sessions. And so... I want everyone to relax. Uh, we're going to have a church overview first. We're going to go through some things that I think are really important that I want to hit on. We'll do the financial thing, too, during the first session because I think it's, the, it's important. I don't want to demean it, but I also it's not important. So I just want to get out of the way. And then, like I said, we're going to pray. We're going to eat a little bit. When we come back to session two, we're going to pray. We're going to spend some time praying together like we do Wednesday nights. And then we're going to go into a Bible study on servanthood. And it's going to be, um, it's not a preaching Bible study. It's going to be expositional, but you'll see. Hang on for the ride. And then finally, in the third session, we're going to go over the different ministries, the future, where we've been. And I'm just going to talk about things that I'm really excited about, things that um, I haven't been able to say how excited I've been personally in different areas. So I don't want to give you um, Matt called me the other day, Matt Tadlock. And he's like, okay, so uh, I w- backstory. I was going to talk to them about their part on Wednesday night. And so Matt calls me up like Tuesday. Hey, I just want to, you know, what are we going to talk about in the meeting? And I said, Matt, what did I say, Matt? No, I didn't say that. He doesn't remember. I said, we're not going to pre-meeting the pre-meeting. Go in everything. And so sometimes I do the very same thing where I like try and give out all the information before we do it, so. Let's hang on. Let's pray. Let's relax. It's Saturday. Take the stress out. Let's sit together and just spend some time with Jesus. Father, we thank you so much that you have called us to serve here, to serve you first and foremost, and to serve your people. And we pray, Lord, that you would guide and direct us as you guide and direct this fellowship. I pray, Lord, that as the afternoon goes by, that we're all refreshed and refilled and recentered on you and excited for what you're doing here, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So here at Calvary Chapel, Low Country, what do we always start off with besides prayer? The Word. That's right. John chapter 13, verse 16. It's got me all excited opening the Bibles up. I like it. If you didn't, then shame on you. You know, whatever. But No, that's why I put it up there. John 13, 16 says, Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent him greater than he who sent him. And I'll leave the verse up too so we can kind of relax on it, but Jesus, the son of man, he had nothing. He had nowhere to lay his head. He had no material possessions. He had no church building. You think about that. In fact, he, the building that was dedicated to him, he was kicked out of, if you think about it. And yet he is our great high priest. He's our great example. There is no one here, including myself, That is higher than anyone else. That is, quote-unquote, in charge. 
The Lord is in charge, and how did he lead? He led by example and by truth, and he sacrificed for others. We're going to spend some time about that in the Bible study, but we need to really remember that when we're here serving each other, this is not about us, and this is not about an individual. This is about serving God and serving his people, as he did it. We go to Luke chapter 9, verses 46 through 48. There was an argument that broke out, and it says, Then a dispute arose among them as to which of them would be the greatest, speaking of the disciples. And Jesus, perceiving the thought of their heart, took a little child and set him by him, and said to them, Whoever receives this little child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you will be great. That's something to think about. He who will be least among you will be great. That's, that's a command. You know, that's an order from the master himself. And sometimes we may be thinking the enemy may come alongside you and say, well, you're not important because you only do this, or you're only cleaning toilets, or you're only putting the food out, or you're only doing the soundboard, or you're only doing worship, or, or I'm not doing anything. But it's not important, the position. What's important is our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, we talk about that all the time. You know who needs to hear that the most? This guy. And it's so true. We need to be constantly reminded. All of us. No one's, no one's got it. You know what I'm saying? No one's made it and plateaued. There is no um, guru here. There's only the Lord Jesus himself. We're all saved by grace, not by works. And so we want to take some of the tension out when we talk about procedures or when we talk about organization. We talk about this church building. Jesus had none of that. And as the Son of God filled with the Holy Spirit, radically transformed the history, the future, and the present of mankind. That's kind of like why I wanted to get away from the podium. That's kind of why I wanted to sit with you guys and, and kind of chit-chat. Because we want the main thing to be the main thing here. We've said from the very beginning here at Calvary Chapel Low Country, we want to keep the main thing the main thing. It's the reading and teaching of the Word of God and fellowship. We want to worship our Creator the way that He wants to be worshipped. We want to live our lives the way that He wants us to live our lives. And we want to glorify Him through all of those things. And so that leads me to part one of what we want to talk about. The most important thing. The most important thing is our spiritual growth. That's your personal growth one-on-one with the Lord. We're not here to fill the coffers. We're not here to fill the building. We're not here to work together to get a bigger building. We're not here to have an awesome, um, huge preaching, teaching ministry. You're not here to support me. You know, that's the question here is, what is the purpose of being here? And that is to honor and glorify our Lord Jesus Christ the way that he wants to be honored and glorified. That's what it's about. Everything that we do, everything is circled around him. And if we all do that, it'll radically transform your service here in this fellowship. You won't be so worried about, hey, did Mike notice me? Is he, am, am I, you know, how come this person is doing that ministry and not me? How come it's being done this way and not that way? How come that guy says this and not that? How, they don't understand my feelings. They don't understand how important they are. They don't understand how much I tithe here. You know, the secret questions we want nobody to ever know, right? 
This is all about Jesus and our personal growth with him. That's what it is to serve. Our service is an extension of our worship to God. The privilege to be called by his name. Not the position, not the procedure. But we do that through administration and leadership because the Bible tells us clearly that he does all things decently and in order. And he likes to sit people down in groups. When he fed the thousands, what did he do? They set them down into different groups and they distributed it. It's not about chaos, but we want to be spiritually led. So there are areas in which we have an organization. We have an administration. We have particular people that we feel are called by the Lord to lead a certain group of people for a particular amount of time. It's not indefinite. It's as long as the Lord has us there for that season. If we have a yielding spirit to that, and the person in leadership has a servant leadership heart, then we take the tension out of it. Who's ever felt tension in a ministry before? I have. Ah, there it is. Expectations are high. Expectations for others and for ourselves are high. We want everything, if you love the Lord, you want everything in ministry to be perfect all the time. The problem is that it never is. It never is. And so we have to yield to the grace. We want to do our very best, and we want to commit the rest. Pastor Chuck used to always say that. Do your best and commit the rest. You know, there's a, it's really hard in ministry because in any kind of service, you're going to be attacked more mentally attacked, spiritually attacked. And it just, it gets more and more difficult to you think, man, I was not cut out to do this. Could you think of anybody that is less qualified than the 12 disciples? I mean, if you're going through resumes of people you want to start a worldwide religion with, it's not those guys. And yet Jesus has chosen you specifically to be where you're at right now. I don't know about tomorrow. Don't ask me about that. I don't know about yesterday. But I know that Jesus has specifically called you to be where you are right now. And maybe he's given you a vision for the future. But for right now, what you're doing, are you doing it as unto the Lord? Are you doing it as unto the Lord? You know, one thing that I think that we can do better is our communication. Now, I'm the worst because I've got to raise a family of three. I work full time. And I prepare studies and oversee the organizational part of the fellowship. And um, I've read a lot of horror stories of, from pastors and church planners about burning out. And I've read and I've listened to podcasts and seen sermons where they tell you specifically, do not start a church when you have young kids. Did you know that? Anybody know that? They tell you specifically, hey, don't do it till you're older. See, that's the world's model, though. We toss that out. Because we don't care what the world says. We care what the Lord says. The only way that that gets done, that I don't burn out, that I don't um, take it out on the family when I get home, that I'm still able to provide and volunteer, um, even though you know, there is provision here for me, is that we work together and that we're able to delegate the teamwork and to work together where it's not a crisis. We try and take the tension out because we're all busy, we're all doing the things of life, we all have families or family issues, and we want to be able to rely on each other, but we can only do that through communication, and the communication has got to be loving. 
It's got to be filled with grace and understanding. Accountability, yes. Like we said, things are run decently and in order. But we've we got to do it from communication. That starts with me. I really want to work better on communication. You know, one thing I used to do is once a month, I would send out the email to some of the leaders. I'd, I'd write out, you know, what things are going on, things that I'm praying about. And uh, I sent it out, and the feedback was okay, but I always felt like it was kind of pretentious. Like, I, I didn't really know what I was doing, kind of, that was the feeling. Like, you know, let's just keep the main thing the main thing. Let's just focus on the Bible study. If that helps, I will do that again. Well, I start once a month just kind of letting everybody know what's going on a little bit. It doesn't take that much time. The hard part for me is how do I tell people about it? It's not for the general public. I would love for all of you, if you're here and you're interested, you should be on that email chain and understand what's going on. But at the same time, I can't put a sign-out sheet on it, but I don't want anyone to get insulted that I didn't ask them. These are things that pastors think about. So it just became like, well, I'm only sending it to a few select people, and I'm not sending it to a few other. I better just stop before the enemy uses it. So I'm praying about that. We'll talk about that a little bit more because I want to keep going. We have done way more work as a fellowship in terms of organizing, and we're doing better, I think, all the time. We're going to get into the individual ministries in the third session, but I want to just continue to work where people are delegating particular tasks and I or other people don't have to oversee it all the time. We just generally give advice, counsel, but that's it. We've been doing a great job with that. But I want to do a lot better. But I want to do all these things. When we sit down and we talk about church, we sit down and talk about organization and administration and teamwork, I want to keep the main thing the main thing. I want to take the tension out. These are just tools to get us all to grow in what? Our spiritual growth, our personal growth with the Lord. The problem is as people, we let our desire to control the work that we're doing get in the way of our personal walk with the Lord. Where we're so interested in serving the Lord that we're not actually serving the Lord. And so every time that we try and institute something new or work in the vision of the church, we're trying to steer people back to Jesus. I hope I never come across as condescending when I say that. Because, you know, when I say, hey, we're reading, praying, and fellowship, hey, just read your Bible, just pray about it, you know, just seek the Lord. That's the best answer I can get you, and that's the answer I tell myself when I look in the mirror and say, hey, what do you do when you're going through what you're doing? I give that same advice. And it is never because I don't think you're spiritually mature enough to handle the tough, the tough uh, talk. The guys that are getting the tough talk, they'll tell you later, you know, that's what I tell them. I just tell it much meaner and more abruptly. <laughs> that gets us down to the nitty-gritty, you know. It's like, where, what are we, what are we, where are we as a fellowship? Where are we going? What's the uh, finances like? Um... Let's take a look. This is the last year. This is our income and expenses trend for this year. So green is the income. That's the offerings given to the Lord. And the orange is the expenses. We've done very, very well this year um, in terms of keeping our expenses under control. We're actually spending less now than we have. We have cut dramatically our expenses. I'd say by 25%. 
Um, there's things that we used to do, like we used to have meeting meals when I would meet with people. The Lord would provide for that meal, you know, things like that. Um, we would be a little more heavy-handed on providing things for a children's ministry or, you know, um, sending the Lord sending people to uh, the retreats and things like that. We did more events. We had, and so we just kind of felt like the Lord as a leadership saying, no, nah, just relax, spend some time, wait. It's all about the teaching. It's all about our Bible time. Um, I will say, though, because we're going to look at some year after year, this is our expenses over the last, this is the fellowship for the first year reported in 2014. That was our first year as an official church. And that was our expenses. So last year, you can see we spent a lot more. Um, also, you know, we have three months left, and our biggest season of expenses comes up in the next few months. But you can see we're doing very, very well. We're going to do a breakdown here in a little bit about where does the money go, just so we all know, because we all need to be accountable to the Lord. Um, our offerings are way down. I don't care. Don't think that we're in a panic mode. Um, we still have three months left. You never know what the Lord will do. Next thing you know, you know, last year in 2016, the Lord had um, very large gifts that just came suddenly. It's just from the Lord. We don't keep track. Like, we don't sit back and we don't go, oh, so-and-so is down 13%. Maybe we should send them a letter. Some churches do that. Do you know that? I don't know. I hardly know what people are offering. I just see the, the general trends. Really, I don't care. Because we're very serious when we say that your offerings are to the Lord. They're not to the building or to the church. It's also interesting to see when you're in servant leadership that the fellowship is larger than it's ever been, but the offering is down. Isn't that interesting? We talk about that sometime as a board. We just let the Lord lead. We just let the the Lord guide and direct. This is the percentage now of our uh, expenses. So the largest percentage, of course, is at the top. That's our rent. I receive a $600 a month housing allowance. That's my compensation. And then the utilities are 8%, and then so on and so forth for the different expenditures of the fellowship. That's where the money goes. I don't got a Ferrari yet. Just kidding. Got to take the, cut the tension. You know, we talk about the building a lot here and the, the elders board and about the future, about where we're going to go, what we're going to do. There will be no sudden changes uh, on people. It's something that we will pray about continually. We're always looking for opportunities all the time. If you have an opportunity or something you think about, um, give with Mike and Kevin. I don't want to hear about it. But we'll, we'll talk more about building in the third section about where we're going. And the reason is they kind of sift through the data and... Uh, let's make it personal because I don't want anyone insulted. I would look at buildings in the first year that were just totally unreasonable. It didn't make any sense. I would look at them. And after discussing it and talking about it, we would decide it doesn't make any sense. So if, if that was me, don't be upset if somebody just ignores your suggestion. That's part of being a servant leader. It's like, okay, we'll just give the information and put it in the Lord's hands. Um, if you have an issue... With a housing allowance, oh, it looks like I misspelled that. Or, you know, anything else? Or do you think there's a way that we can save money or that we can be um, better stewards? You know, talk to Mike, Kevin, and Kevin. Give them a suggestion. But leave it at that. Just give them a suggestion and walk away. You can send them an email. Don't send anonymous letters. 
And if you send an anonymous letter with a criticism, shame on you. That happens in churches all the time. What we're trying to do as a fellowship is that I love, I love hanging out with every one of you, but I can't be in all places at the same time, have three kids, and organize a fellowship without hurting some people's feelings, and I'm sorry about that. I, in the elders' meetings, I always tell them, you know, one of the things that terrifies me the most is when there's so many people here I don't know all their names. Terrifies me. That's just my personality. I don't want to go through a growing pain, though, where you guys are like, well, Mike's not the same anymore. He's not approachable anymore. We can't talk to him anymore. Don't ever feel like that. Come have coffee or something. We'll chit-chat. I can't spend as much time as I used to, but you'll definitely get my full attention. So where was I? I went down a rabbit trail. I love talking about the Bible. If you have a biblical question, you can bother me anytime. If I can't do it, I'll tell you, hey, I'll get back to you. Anytime. If you have an organizational or a building issue, go to one of the elders first. Go to one of the the young men that's in charge of their ministries first. The big problems, I will handle those. They'll come to me. But the little ones, let them handle it. And I want to take some of the tension out because sometimes we get into arguments or we're frustrated or we're like, well, Pastor Mike didn't do it that way. We want to take the tension away where we can talk about things and realize that we're not always going to get our way. The leader's not always going to get their way. But at the end of the day, our spiritual growth will handle the majority of the problems. You know what Pastor Mark told me? Pastor Mark told me that if you have a church that is praying, reading, and studying the Bible, that you will eliminate half of your marriage counseling, half of your work counseling, half of your crisis counseling, and half of your organ. It'll all just go because the Holy Spirit will take care of it. When I get these two in a room, we'll talk about them later. The first thing I ask them, have you been reading your Bible straight like that? How is your devotion going? Have you guys been praying? I'll tell him, Matt, you've been reading to your wife? Like straight up. Oh, okay, then I don't want to hear your problem. That's what I tell him. <laughs> they get it blunt. We go through that same thing, you know, reading, praying, um, spending time together, having these discussions over these expenses. And so th- I'm not just bringing this information because I want you guys to check market. You know, there's a real conversation. We want you to go to the elders, discuss it with them. If they don't have the answer, they're going to say the magic words, I don't know, I'll talk to Pastor Mike about it, or we can talk to Pastor Mike about it. Any questions on that? You know, statistically speaking, if I ask you if there's any questions, I have to wait two and a half minutes before somebody raises their hand. And statistically speaking, several of you have questions, but you're embarrassed to ask them, but because of groupthink, you won't ask them. But somebody else will make up a question just to break the ice. I've actually read a study on this. It's fascinating. This is what it really matters. At the beginning of the year in January, we start off the year with $18,040 in the bank. And right now we have $24,528 in the bank. This is, um, as a fellowship, we always want to have three months of expenses at all times in the bank. So if there's a natural catastrophe, or if there's something where offerings dramatically decrease uh, for any kind of reason, say there's a church split or something crazy, 
the Lord will never get a bad name here for us not paying our bills when we said we were. Because I believe as a covenant for churches, and we've all heard horror stories, and I know, but for us here as a fellowship, when Calvary Chapel Low Country says they're going to pay a bill, that is a covenant from God, in my opinion. And so don't look at that as like, oh my gosh, we have all this cash. Why aren't we doing stuff with it? So we're always going to have, by God's grace, 20000 in the bank. You can see that we didn't do that in the beginning of January, but that's what it's there for. And praise God, because we've cut expenses, we've been able to increase that amount. To me, this money is like a tool that we use by God's grace for his kingdom. And we use it the way that he wants us to use it. Our goal is to save up money for a building or to invest in one, to get out of this. We also know that we're, all, we're growing to capacity now, but more on that later. Right now, we just want you to see that we've been stewarding these different things. Again, don't get sidetracked in the nitty-gritty. That was for you, Cassandra. We want to keep things prioritized. What are the priorities? The priorities is that we come here and we open that Bible and we focus on the Lord Jesus Christ as a fellowship. And every extra thing that you do makes it easier for us to do that. Look at all that amazing food out there. I didn't have to think one minute about it. Praise God. We want it to be the same way with the children's ministry, with the worship ministry. The worship ministry is grown heads over heels by God's grace. We want it to be gl- to glorify Him. Our priorities are always pointing us to Jesus and bringing us to the cross, to His feet. And as an organization, it's just a complete waste of time if we grow this place and we have a ton of money in the bank and we aren't personally growing in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't love, I'm going to, this is point blank, if you don't love Jesus more than the first day that you came into this church, it has failed. That's the ultimate goal. That every time you come into this fellowship, you love Jesus more. You love his word more. You love prayer more. We, you love uh, being led by the Spirit more. You've grown in your maturity and you're able to serve him in any capacity that he's given you so that we can do that better. Otherwise, we're getting in the way. Um, there's a, do you know there's a secret rule um, for me when I teach the Bible about when I approach it and how I teach it? Matt, do you want to tell them what it is? Because it has to do with this area right here. I will never walk in front of the podium. Why? I never want to come between God's Word, the Bible sitting on it, and the people. That is superstitious. It doesn't mean anything. But it sends a, a principle that as servant leaders, we never want to get between you and the Bible. And so every ministry that we do, by God's grace, we want the Bible to be brought to you. We want Jesus to be brought to you. I'm rambling now. This is something I really wanted to go over. That is that the ends, they don't justify the means. How we do ministry does not supersede what the Word itself says. We do ministry God's way, the way that the Scripture says. We do it to the best of our ability. We, we realize there's different flavors, different styles, different types. 
But when we make a decision sometimes on how we're going to do a certain ministry, it usually starts off, well, let's see what the Bible says on that. We have an eternal purpose. The mistake that most church planters make is they make the entire organization about the church themselves, and Jesus becomes a mascot. Not here. This entire group of people is solely focused on the Lord Jesus and will let him build the church, which is exactly what it says in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, they taught the word, and the scripture says, and the Lord added to the church as many as would be saved. doesn't say Peter did it. doesn't say the disciples did it. It says the Lord added. Now, we want to make it as easy as possible for the Lord to do that. We're going to talk about that after we eat. But again, we want everything to be wrapped around. The ends don't justify the means. We will shut down a ministry here if it isn't meeting that core purpose of having people grow closer in the Lord and others not interfering with it. So, if we have to summarize it all, if we had to just put into one couple of verses, and we had to hear from the Master what our goal is and what our purpose here as a fellowship, I found it. It's in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 39. And Jesus said to them, To him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. This is the poetry of this verse. Ministry is supposed to be both of these verses. Real ministry, your service to other, is first based on your love for the Lord God himself, and second, you express that love by loving those that are around you, showing compassion, grace, and mercy, self-sacrifice for others. But if you lose the first motivation, that is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you cannot do the second. So in this ministry, as we continue forward, going through Bible study and going through different ministries and organization, remember that if you don't first and foremost love and worship and cherish the Lord Jesus Christ, this is a waste of time. It's a big waste of time. Don't let it be that. So that being said, we're going to pray now. Um, we're going to eat. You can, we're just kind of, like I said, we're going to go get some plates. We'll spend about 15 minutes just relaxing, and then you can bring your plates in here. Don't make a mess. When I told Mike we were going to eat in here, I could see his twitching eye a little bit. I don't blame him. I don't blame him one bit. So we're going to show some grace and relax. So um, let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to knit us together this afternoon as we relax here together as a fellowship, as family, as friends, Lord. And today, we want to love you more. We want to grow in you and help us to do that. Teach us today how to love one another and how to do this thing called church, Lord. Help us to bring it all back to you. We pray for the food. We pray you bless it. There wouldn't be any issues, Lord. Thank you so much for the abundance you've given us. When so many and so many places are suffering, you've blessed us so much, Lord. Help us to enjoy that blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Take your time. Relax. We're going to meet back here at 25 after. 125.